Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Raptures Rapture podcast. I am joined today by Brian Boak, Kobe, and Rajon Johnson. Kobe Palamaka, am I saying that right? Uh, Palamaka, yeah, you're close to most. Okay. Um, Joined by everybody. Uh, With the All-Star break coming up, we decided now would be a good time to discuss kind of the Raptors season in general, what's happened so far, and uh, our thoughts on the rest of the season. Uh, Guys, how you doing? We are well, thank you. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about the action from last night, kind of just to start, get it out of the way. Uh, The All-Star game was last night with Team LeBron beating uh, Team... They called it Team Stefan instead of Team Steph. I'm not sure why, but Team LeBron winning a game with LeBron being the MVP. Uh, what are you guys' general takeaways? Uh, Rajon, you go ahead and start. Uh, honestly, that was the better All-Star games I've seen uh, in a long time. Uh, the NBA have been looking for different ways to kind of mix it up so it's more entertaining. A lot of people didn't really enjoy it from uh, New Orleans, so that was actually uh, – a good idea. Hopefully next year, I think they're going to televise the draft. But I like the defense. Honestly, they started playing defense more uh, in that game. And in the fourth quarter, that's what it came down to when uh, KD and LeBron trapped Steph, uh, denied him basically the game-winning shot. It's actually pretty entertaining. Hopefully they kind of keep it like that for a while. I like the idea of the draft. And, uh, exciting now. And, uh, also, I got a comment on uh, KD and Russell Westbrook. I see that they're uh, kind of friends right now. That's pretty interesting. And, uh, hopefully, I mean, we can see more of that. Uh, yeah, no, completely. As a guy who's been an OKC fan for quite a little while, it's, it was just great watching. Like, like, I know I'm supposed to hate KD, but I just can't bring myself to it. So watching him and Russ talk last night was just like, oh, man. Brought back so many good memories. Yeah, it's funny to see him and Russ talk as well as you see LeBron and uh, Kyrie kind of laughing it up together as well. It's funny that we create all these media beefs. And, yeah, I'm sure there is some uh, a little frustration between the two of them when they actually get onto the court and once they get competitive with each other. But at the end of the day, it's basketball, and it's really not that big of a deal to these guys as far as hating each other or whatever like that. You know, I think that he didn't have that much of an issue with LeBron. I think it was the issue with the organization in general. I think that was what Kyrie didn't like. Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of rift between him and the Cavs organization. I, I don't think it was much of an issue with LeBron, but I also at the same time don't believe he enjoyed being the sidekick of LeBron. Well, yeah, I heard um, like during the season they were shopping him, or in the preseason they were shopping him and stuff, and that's really what pissed him off. Like, yeah, I'm sure uh, playing behind LeBron wasn't ideal for somebody of Kyrie's talent, but I don't think that would have been make or break staying on the team. So I think it was mostly like they were trying to shock him. Yeah, I think it was probably a couple of things. Um, You know, it's never this one narrative that we want it to be. Probably LeBron having the ability to leave at any time had some impact 
and I'm sure some of the kid things and like that did get to Kyrie. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's as big of a deal as what we make it out to be. Well, uh, a couple of things. Um, first of all, it's clear. I want to pick up on what Rajon said about the organization. Uh, LeBron is not hidden the fact that he and the owner, Dan Gilbert, are, uh, shall we say, uh, you know, not, not uh, best friends forever. And I think that's, that's a problem for the organization overall. And, and probably, I think, to echo Kobe's point, he's still, he, you know, maybe Kyrie wanted to get out while the get was good. Well, LeBron is still around uh, because once he goes, if he goes, that Cleveland may be in serious difficulty. Um, secondly, something else that Rachel said about the All-Star game and seeing more defense. This whole thing about a defenseless All-Star game is a relatively new concept because when MJ was playing in the 90s, and he was, in, of course, in, uh, Michaels in every All-Star game, he was a ferocious defender in the All-Star Games, and they came down to the last shot in many cases. So seeing defense returns is, is a welcome thing as far as I'm concerned. Okay, guys, so as we move on here, let's kind of switch gears, talk about the Raptors, the Raptors season as a whole. As it stands currently, the Raptors are in first place of the Eastern Conference. Uh, I looked at something today, 538 Carmelo projections, projects them at 60 wins, which I think is a realistic uh, goal for them this season. Guys, uh, I asked this in a roundtable that we'll be posting later on Raptures uh, on the website, but what is your guys' kind of the biggest thing that you've gotten away from this season? Uh, Brian, if you want to go ahead first. Well, the biggest thing has, has been the fact that there have been so many more pleasant surprises than unpleasant. The number of players who have stepped up and, and improved their games or held steady at worst it's really quite remarkable. I mean, the second unit, of course, is phenomenal. But uh, DeMar DeRozan is having a terrific season. Kyle Lowry's numbers are down, but so are his minutes. And I'll, I'll get into that later because I did a little bit of research on, on minutes played um, on the team. So we've got a team that is, has stayed healthy, and that also gets back to uh, has has seen improvement from everyone and has seen the entire team buy into the, the new-look offense well not doing itself any damage on the defensive end. So it's been, it's been really a very pleasant thing to watch and far better than I had into the year. Kobe, what do you think? Uh, well, just touching on that new-look offense, like my biggest takeaway is like Dwayne Casey's finally found himself as like a good coach, right? Like in the past years, we've been good. We've been solid, but like there's never really any big improvements. Um, we always seem to plateau when we're, when we're like by the end of the year, and it's always you get to the playoffs, Cleveland shows up, and – that's that, or we lose to Brooklyn, or we lose to Washington, or something, something that we should be able to win. And uh, this year, it's Casey's really changed it around. I don't want to say he was on the hot seat, but it, it was getting close. Um, he's really turned around. He's convinced the guys to start playing differently. Like, Damar convinced him to extend his range. Kyle, he's convinced him to take less minutes, and even more of a responsibility, and even JD, right? So that's been my biggest takeaway, is just how great Casey has been throughout this year. Rajan, what about you? Um, for me, it's just got to be uh, how well uh, the Raptors have been uh, switching to this new offense, uh, more team ball. Uh, I wrote an article a long time ago about how the Raptors stars need to trust their teammates a little more, and you know they need to start getting the second unit involved because once they kind of uh, get themselves out of the game, they're out of rhythm. The whole team gets out of rhythm, and you know if 
in the playoffs when you have guys like Kyle Lowry and Amar DeRozan, they're not really stepping up. Uh, you really need someone who could come off the bench, that sixth man or something, to be that uh, energy and uh, just, you know, to uh, bring some momentum back to the team. And I think the second unit this year has been proving that they could be those uh, players to come off the bench and just light it up. I mean, I've been impressed by Van Vliet, uh, Stiakko, uh, even though these guys aren't really, you know, putting up high scoring numbers. They're on and off some games, but they've been bringing a lot of defense. I'm impressed by Valanciunas, who is, you know, such a big trade piece uh, going into the season. But now he's looking, you know, he's he should be on the team. You know, he's a big part of the team's success. So uh, that's kind of been my takeaway from the season. Yeah, I kind of, not to sound like a broken record, but I think the offense and Coach Casey specifically has to be, the biggest takeaway, how much different it looks this season, how he's evolved as a coach. Uh, it would have been really easy as you were one of the top Eastern Conference teams to run it back as the same unit as you have. And for the most part, all the players are the same, but the team looks totally different um, between him. And then I would also say that the bench unit, like you guys have talked about, the Raptors have, I think, the best bench in the NBA. I don't think it's really that close anymore. And you just see for now, if the starters play, even with opponents, you feel comfortable that when this bench mob unit comes in, that they're going to go ahead and blow the doors off the team. Speaking of bench mob, we need a better, we need a better nickname for these guys. Yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> we, we have to come up with something amongst ourselves and publicize it on, on, on our website. Well, they're, just, they're just too fun not to have, like, a nickname based around them. Like, they're just too exciting to watch, and they, they seem to enjoy themselves. So the bench mob is just it's too plain. We need something new. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So, yeah. So there's our homework, guys. For the next little while, have a moment of of, uh, of brilliance and uh, tell everybody what it was, or write it down before you forget, because you might wake up, you know, four o'clock in the morning and say, "I know what it is," <laughs> and then go back to sleep. Yeah. Um, as we talk about, kind of, Brian talked about pleasant surprises. Um, what? has been your guys' overall takeaway as far as who on this team do you think, who outperformed expectations most, maybe not individually, but just what group or player? Um, Ray John, if you want to start. Uh, I'm not going to say Van Vliet because that's a very popular option. I'm going to go with uh, Siakum uh, just because um, he, he's basically exceeded everyone's expectations. Uh, we didn't really expect anything from him. Uh, but he's really been one of our biggest defensive anchors coming off the bench. Um, and some games he'll put up 20, some games he'll put up 12, some games he'll put up five, and that's fine. It, we're not really depending on him to be the main scorer on the team or anything like that. We need a guy who can go out there and play defense and keep the team together and kind of been the glue to the bench. Uh, and I think he's been one of the most underrated players coming off the Raptors bench. And, uh, uh, I could see him basically being a Serge Ibaka that can't really shoot. Uh, he, he's been working on it. Uh, I'm not sure how well that prove it. I'm not sure what his potential is, but I know as a defensive anchor, he, he's living up to a Serge Ibaka kind of fight. And uh, well, while I think Siakam's been good uh, this year, I'm going to have to go with uh, Valanciunas mostly. So I know Siakam has led the, the bench squad throughout uh, – Throughout the year, he's been really good. He's been really fun. I just think uh, Jonas going from trade bait to like us being like we got to get rid of him for anything to uh, to him being a key like cl uh, cog in the in the machine that is our offense, right? 
So he's really changed his game. He's really stepped up from the three-point line. I, he's bringing energy, confidence, and like uh, a couple weeks ago, he showed off his athleticism driving from the three-line and just absolutely jamming it on the defender, right? So um, yeah, I think he's he's made the biggest case to be the, uh, the breakup player of the year this, this year. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Well, you guys are stealing my thunder. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I agree with what you said. So I'll, I'll toss in uh, somebody, uh, somebody else. I'm going to mention Jakob Pertl. I think he's been more than surprised. His shot blocking ability is remarkable. He's turning out to be a very good rebounder, not because he's a leaper, but his positioning is excellent under the basket. He seems to know how to get to the weak side quickly. He's either risk boxes out most of the time, even though he's not as strong as he's going to be. And he his flash cuts to the basket for, for layups is really wonderful to see. So he's been an essential part of the um, second unit. So he, so he's been a terrific surprise. And, you know, we've already, we've already said we can't mention Fred about him anyway because he's been <laughs> And finally, I really like what I'm seeing from DeLon. Yeah, um, kind of to talk about when Rajan first talked about Pascal Siakam being the Serge Ibaka of the bench. Um, I do think one thing Siakam has over Serge is I think he's a much better passer than Serge is. Um, Serge does a lot of good things. I don't. I think sometimes he misses that extra pass um, when he's forced to be a playmaker. But I agree in large part that he shows a lot of kind of the same characteristics that Serge has. Um, for pleasant surprises, I have to go. I have to say JV as well. Um, at the beginning of the season, he was almost. It was how can we get out of the JV contract almost, and now it's turned into a player who's not only a key player for this season, but I think he's one of your key guys moving forward and someone that you don't want to trade unless you get the right offer. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, guys, also moving on. Um, <clears throat> as we move forward, I don't want to talk just positively about the Raptors. I kind of want to get into what some of your worries are. Um, Brian, if I were to tell you this season the Raptors playoff run ends, you give me the number one reason for how it will end. Uh, I think it would be very worrisome if uh, Serge was to disappear and he has shown tendencies of disappearing on occasion. Uh, you, you can even go to an entire quarter and you don't even know he's been on the floor. So he'll, he'll have an overnight and he, if he has an overnight when, when we're down three games to two and in the opposition building, that could be the end of the season right then and there. And he's the most likely one of all of our guys lately to, to turn into performance in my Kobe, what do you think? Um, so basically, the way I think the season ends is uh, in disappointment, right? Like, uh, in the past years, we've always been hyped. Like, coming into the playoffs, we've always thought we've had a chance. But this year has obviously been different. Um just based off the way we're playing, I, I think there's more belief that the Raptors can do something. But I think the highest we're going to reach is the Eastern Conference Finals, and then we're just going to collapse into what we always do. I think I think it's it's only been one year of the new offense, so I think when the going gets tough, we might revert back to like we've talked about old school, like ISO Demar, right? And I think that's uh, eventually going to lead to our downfall. I don't I don't think we'll make the finals this year. But I could be wrong, but uh, I, that's where I see us coming up short. Rajan, what about you? Well, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, I kind of got to agree with Kobe. 
Uh, I don't really see the Raptors improving that much in the playoffs. I mean, uh, maybe with an improved second unit, maybe the Raptors uh, push a little farther than the second round and make it into the Eastern Conference Finals. But it really depends on if the uh, DeMar and Kyle Lowry show up and Serge shows up because a lot of times they don't. And, you know, when you have a guy like DeMar playing the Bucks, scoring like two points or however it was, I forget how much he scored that game. Or you only have like free throws. You know, that you can't be winning like that. Like that's terrible. There's no way the Raptors don't beat the Cavs or Celtics or whoever else is gonna push the Wizards. Um but I mean if we do go to the finals, it's a great accomplishment. I think that'd be a big thing for the city. It would give us a lot of hope. But I mean I don't see this team ever beating the Warriors mm-hmm. so we're we're definitely I, I don't I believe that we're not going to get a championship this year it's possible in the future but I, I wouldn't try to overhype and disappoint myself and that not even reaching Eastern Conference Finals um do you guys think this season can be a success without making the finals if they lost to Say they lose to Cleveland in a close seven-game series. Is this season still a success in your mind? Uh, Brian, what do you think first, I guess? No. I, I, this, is, this is a season to go to the NBA Finals. Enough already with the preamble. I mean, we, we've been winning, averaging 50 wins for, for four now and probably five years. It's time to, to really make that giant step forward and get out of this uh, unpleasant hamster wheel. Of, of never quite, in, quite finishing the job. So anything less than, a, than an appearance in the NBA Finals would be a disappointment. You don't think if they really push Cleveland for the first time, it would be a success? No, I don't, no. because I don't think I don't think Cleveland, even with their trades, is that strong anymore. Uh, I don't. I, I think Boston is overachieved to this point. And Washington is whatever they are. They don't know what they are from one day to the next. This is a season to get out of the Eastern Conference. Um, while the fan in me wants to agree with Brian, like, yes, I don't, like, I, I would love to see the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think the realist in me uh, takes a look at how the season has gone. So long as we don't lose in the first or something stupid like that, um, I think that as long as we keep making progressions, I think this uh, the season will have been a success. Like, it won't, obviously, it won't be ideal, but I, I do think that pushing Cleveland or even getting close uh, would be in terms of success, so long as we keep on path. Right. Right. Oh, I'm talking an actual push of Cleveland. Not There was a six-game series versus Cleveland, which everybody wants to point at as, oh, well, you made Cleveland play. Really? I mean, you had mm-hmm. your own locker room with, uh, uh, who was that, Luis Scola, kind of admitting before prior to the game that, yeah, you know, those two games were kind of fluky. If you gave a real push to me, I think that's progress in the right direction, although it's kind of interesting just to look at what you consider success on the season and what you considered maybe success before the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just last year, uh, I believe it was last year, DeMar DeRozan said, hey, if we had LeBron James on our team, we'd win too. I mean, that kind of mentality, that, that destroys your team. You come into a game – a series with that kind of mentality of if we have LeBron James, we'd win too. That, that's, you're already accepting defeat at that. If they come in with that same mentality that we can't beat LeBron, they're not going to beat LeBron. They're not going to show up and 
it's going to end up the same way. Uh, if they do push them to seven games, I'd be surprised. If they did beat them, I'd consider that a small success. But realistically, if you're a fan of the Raptors, you should be hopeful for a finals push. If you're the number one seed, you should be expecting them. Fair enough. Um, what would be a success for you guys? Let's take it as a given that the Raptors make the NBA Finals. How many games do you expect that to go with Golden State? And do you give them any outside chance at a title? Um, I, I do. I don't. I don't want to say I give them a chance at a title, but I do think we can take games from Golden State. Like this year, we've shown like we've been close to like both games that we've played them. We've been close. So it's it's there. I don't know if I don't know if we have the tools to really do it four times. Um, but I do think we can beat Golden State in a couple games. So as it comes to a title, I don't think we really have a chance. But I do think we can take some games from them and make it an entertaining uh, series. Rajon, what do you think? Uh, well, watching those Raptors-Warriors games, uh, I wasn't able to catch the second one, so I'm not sure what they improved. But the first one that I seen, it was a close game all around. And uh, when the Raptors uh, had the ball, I think they, they were either down by two or one or something like that. And uh, basically, they had three possessions that they could have scored. And instead of just sticking to their team ball offense, they went isolation again. And that's how I knew, like, Raptors, if they stick like this, they get in these moments and they just go right back to isolation. It's not going to work. And, you know, Golden State, they know that. And that's when they take advantage of the Raptors. And uh, they have so much talent on their team. You got so much threats of the three-point line. I mean, maybe... You could have, uh, you could take a guy like Curry out, but then you got a guy like Durant, you got a guy like Clay. I think it's a little too much talent on the roster for the Raptors to overcome. I could see them taking a game or two. Uh, I'd be surprised at two, to be honest, but I, I see no more after that. Well, you okay here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, let me remind everybody that it's not a given that the Warriors are going to win the West. There's another team called Houston Rockets who are having themselves one magnificent season. And if those two meet in the Western Conference Finals, an awful lot of analysts will say that that isn't the, the true NBA Finals right there, uh, even before the Eastern Conference team shows up. And if it's us and those two teams have battled each other neck and neck and one's come out of um, in Game 7 in overtime or something like that, could be exhausting. So, yeah, it would be a perfect storm to be right for the Raptors to, uh, to take the Western Conference champion to, a, to an exciting series, but it's not inconceivable. I agree we'd be an underdog. There's no question that we deserve to be an underdog because we're not there yet. But it's not totally unforeseeable that the team could win some number of games against, against whoever comes out of the West. Right. I, I think there's also some... There's some value in perhaps the Raptors aren't the best team, but the best team doesn't win the NBA championship every single season. There's been plenty of seasons where you just need something to go kind of break your way and something happens, whether it's Draymond attacking another player's groin, whether it's somebody <laughs> slipping on a piece of – on someone rolling their ankle at a time. Obviously, you don't hope for injuries, but they happen. If you just consistently put yourself in a – position where you can take where you're in the top couple of teams you never know what's going to break your way that's exactly right do you know what robert Ory's uh, nickname is 
uh, Mr. Big Shot, right? Mr. Big Shot, exactly, because stepped out from an otherwise completely obscure NBA career by hitting important shots in NBA Finals games. I mean, come on, Robert Ory, give me a break. But anyway, that that that's, I mean, I'm agreeing with it. That's the sort of thing that can happen. So uh, you know, it, it's true that not necessarily the best team always wins. Right. You look at those. That Shaq and Kobe last year, that Pistons team was good, but if you, I just don't think they had the firepower when you're talking about Shaq, Kobe, Carl Malone, all those guys. But you play hard enough, you see what happens. Um, it just goes to show you anything can break your way. Um, guys, as we move forward, <clears throat> talking about this Raptor season, um, I guess we already heard from Kobe and Rajon. They think they end up falling short of the NBA Finals. Brian, do you think that this team makes it to the Finals? Well, I think it was Rajon who mentioned that if, if the number one seed should go to the NBA Finals, and, and I agree. So if the Raptors remain strong and do, in fact, grab the number one seed, then, yes, I, I would expect them to go to the Finals. I mean, having home court advantage in all three series is very important. And I think that that's the kind of thing that can be the, uh, the deciding factor in close, close battles. Kobe, you mentioned that you said the uh, Raptors, you think, ultimately end up short. Um, do you think that's to Cleveland or to Boston? Who do you, I guess, larger question to everybody, who do you think is the bigger threat to Toronto, Boston or Cleveland? Um, I'm going to have to go with Cleveland. Like I, like, I like Boston. I'm a fan of their game. Um, but I, I think they just got lucky. They're not lucky, but they were just on a good roll to start the season. And they kind of, in turn, got overhyped. Like, I still think they're going to be a top three team in the East. Don't get me wrong. But I don't see them being better than Toronto. Um, so if they're, the real challenge, I think, is Cleveland. Because as, like, as much as Raptors have improved, Cleveland's always been our bane, right? It's been, like, our type of kryptonite. Um, where we get to there, and it's just we never seem to be able to beat them, and I'm worried that's kind of the mentality we have. Like, Rajon touched on DeMar saying if we had LeBron, we would have won too. Like, will that still be the same mentality we have going into that series? Will we be able to beat that mentality? Will we be, uh, will we be able to keep to our plan and stuff like that? So I really worry about Cleveland mostly. I, I think Boston's good, but I don't think they're going to make it to the finals. Rajon, what do you think? Who's more of a threat for the Raptors this year? Uh, I pretty much agree with what Kobe said. Uh, I think the Celtics are talented, but I don't think the roster is at their full talent with Hayward out. Uh, I believe next year, that's when we start to consider that Celtics could be in finals discussions. But right now, yeah, uh, they're not as good as everyone has hyped them up to be. Uh, they still have some issues to work out on, and uh, they're still missing a big uh, piece of their team. So. Uh, I don't think they'll make it to finals without him. Uh, I still see it as Cavs. I mean, LeBron James, I mean, I think he's been to like 11 or 12 straight finals or something like that. I mean, that's your biggest threat uh, going to uh, trying to compete in the East is LeBron James. How are you going to stop LeBron? You know, that's the guy that dominates the East. So I think, you know, obviously Cavs are the team that you got to look out for because uh, LeBron, that's it. LeBron is basically the king. Nobody's dethroned him yet, so we got to see. Brian, what do you think? I, I, I agree completely. I think that Boston is, has uh, gotten a little bit ahead of themselves. I think that they will be a very formidable opponent with 
Hayward back, but I don't think they've got the size. Inside game, play uh, mean and nasty in, in the playoffs when rebounds will be at a premium. Uh, I like their team very much. I think they're extremely well constructed and they'll be a force for a long time, but I don't think this is their year. Not, not without Hayward. Um, Cleveland is obviously, you know, the 800 pound elephant in the room. And I will also do a shout out to Washington. Oh, really? Washington. Okay. I guess as we go, so that would be your answer. Guys, who do you think besides those two? If I were to say the Raptors lost in the seven game series, it wasn't to Cleveland and it wasn't to Boston. Who do you think would be the team that you would pick as the one to beat them? Um, um, that's tough. I mean, the best option there is obviously the Wizards. Uh, they seem like that they're the most talented besides Boston. Um, but I don't really know what's going on with the whole John Wall thing, the chemistry between him and Gordon Tott and all of that. So I can't, I can't really say. I believe the Raptors have much better chemistry than them as a team. So I don't know how that's going to play out in the playoffs, if they're all going to work together or fall apart. But I believe that they are still a talented team. Uh, besides that, uh, I, I kind of want to say the Bucks, but at the same time, it's still just – Giannis, Eric Bledsoe's a nice pickup, but I don't think that's enough to beat the Raptors this time. I mean, maybe Jabari can make a difference, but uh, who knows? I mean, they did take them to six games, so that is something. Yeah, rolling off that, I, uh, I also want to say the Bucks. It's just their length and their size is just like something you can't handle, and Giannis is a unicorn, right? Like He's a superhero. Um, I think the addition of Jabari is definitely going to help them. Um, so long as they can figure out their center situation, maybe Thon Maker will step up. Like uh, that's not something that I think will happen, but maybe he'll be able to step up and bring it to another level during the playoffs. So I think the Bucks will surprise me more than the Wizards would, because as Rajon touched on, the whole wall and the rest of the team type of uh, vibe that's going on there is it's a bit of a mess, right? And then uh, another team that kind of scares me is I don't know why, but the Heat. The Heat have always just been like. Another type of the Raptors, right? Like I know LeBron's not there anymore, but even this year, the games against the Heat, we've lost, and uh, we barely squeaked out a win against them last time, right? So I don't, they don't have any superstars, so they don't scare me as much as the Bucks do, but I do think the Heat, if they make it into the playoffs, can't be taken too lightly. Yeah, I think to touch on the Milwaukee comment, Milwaukee's been a different team since kids been fired. Um Prunty's really helped that team out, and the way they play is much different now. And I think having Giannis just gives you an advantage that no other team has. If you look at, besides Cleveland and Milwaukee, it I mean, I guess you could argue Washington, but I don't think so. I think the Raptors always have the best player on the court, with the exception of those two teams. And when the playoffs happen, that really helps um, kind of having that one difference maker and Milwaukee and Cleveland are the only two teams that kind of have the trump card over DeMar DeRozan. Uh, uh, you just kind of fire, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I just, he's at least in the same ballpark and I guess he's played better in the postseason. So I understand the Kyrie take. That's a good point. <clears throat> but I think he's at least on the same level as DeRozan where I think Giannis and LeBron are kind of the next tier of players ahead of him. Yeah, um, Giannis and LeBron are definitely like superstars, as where the rest of the league's mostly just stars like DeRozan. So yeah, I can't disagree with that. Okay, guys, um, as we're also in a period where there aren't any games and a little less to talk about, 
Um, I just kind of want to give a preview of what's going to happen this offseason. Um, as this offseason happens, the Raptors have Van Fleet becomes a free agent, and I believe he's the only major free agent the Raptors have this offseason. Um, do you guys see the Raptors making any moves, and how do you think the end of the season will impact that decision? Uh, Brian, if you want to go ahead and start off first, I guess. Well, I, I, I wrote about the issue with, with Fred and, and how much money he's going to cost because he's, he's going to, I would say, triple his payday uh, on his next deal because somebody's going to wave a lot of money under his nose. It's not like he's going to, an unknown to the rest of the league. He's playing better than a lot of teams starting point guard. So figuring out how uh, we can keep him on board is going to be extremely tricky because somebody is going to have to get jettisoned if we're going to pay him. And I don't know who that somebody is. And we, uh, we can, you know, CJ's on a one-year contract, which expires, of course, after this year. So maybe he's the guy that you let go. But do you really want to do that? I don't know. So I, I don't uh, I don't have a magic bullet for this one, despite the fact I spent a lot of time thinking about it and writing about it. I, I want Fred back. I just don't know how to do it. Kobe, what do you think? I'm in the same boat as Brian. Um, I'm not too sure how we approach it, but if there's any way that we can keep Fred on the team, I think we need to do it. Um, I've, I've made my like I've taken my stance that I prefer Fred to uh, Delon. So I think Fred should be like should be our number one priority. Um, I just don't know how we do it or. How the cap works. Yeah, they, they might have to make some uh, moves on that behalf. Um, Delon Wright makes significantly less than Fred VanVleet. I know for uh, coming up on next season, um, he also is an asset. And if you're able to re-sign Fred, you can try to trade Delon Wright to another team. But I don't think that both of them are on the roster next season. Um, at least it will be difficult to get both on the roster, and you might have to make a move elsewhere. Um, I just don't think it's possible to keep all three point guards at this point in time. Rajon, what do you think? Well, I think uh, we should uh, just trade Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, uh, sign to the uh, and give him the back contract. Uh, and that'll be our but honestly, uh, I have a question. Um, if we can keep Van Vliet or Wright, um, what are the possibilities of the Raptors signing Derrick Rose to him? Oh, no. Stop with the Derrick Rose talk, please. <laughs> he likes his icon. Give, give, me, give me your opinion on the on what Derrick Rose would do to the Raptors. I just don't think he's a player that makes others better when on the court. He still thinks he's the old version of himself, and it shows whenever he stepped on the court for Cleveland, the team's offense tanked. I don't think the fact that they've done their most winning when he was out and Jose Calderon took over for him is a good sign for him. I just think he's someone who's trying to regain what he had back four or five years ago now and he just doesn't have that anymore so I don't I just I think his time's passing by I'm surprised I'll be surprised if I think the chances are very high not very high I should say I think there's a significant chance that he is not in the NBA next season 
Touching on that Cleveland situation, I just think it was mostly a fit issue there. Like, I know he didn't do phenomenal in Cleveland, but going into Cleveland, like, you saw it with IT, right? Even IT struggled heavily while playing in Cleveland. Um, I know that could be attributed to injury, but I just don't think it was a proper fit. I still think there's a place for Derrick Rose in the NBA. I don't know if it's with Toronto. Like, I'm, I'm always been a Derrick Rose fan. I would love to see him in Toronto. He, granted, he might not be the best fit, but I, I do think he's still, still a good player. player. Somebody will pick him up. I, I mean, he was he was doing well um, before he got injured uh, against the Bucks. I think Monroe pushed him on a layup, and he hurt his foot. He was actually doing pretty well. He, he did play, uh, play pretty well against the Celtics, too, in the first game of the season. I think it was just that injury that set him back again. And obviously, I think that's the big concern. He can stay healthy. But I mean, if he could stay healthy, I, I think I think it would be a decent pickup for the Raptors. It, it's not. I don't think he's a team cancer. Like expect him. Uh, I I think that he could still drop some buckets for the Raptors if they really needed a PG to come off the bench. Uh, I don't know. When he took that leave of absence from the team, like I get that he's frustrated with injuries and everything. But I mean, there's other guys who are frustrated too. And I just don't think it speaks – I don't think it speaks well of him. And maybe he has a place in the league. But I think he almost needs to, to do like a one-year deal redemption tour on a team that has nothing to lose by signing him. He would not be better. I think his body just about uh, surrendered. Uh, he's had so many injuries, and, and one injury leads to another. And he was a man who was so dependent on his speed, and it's gone, and it's and – Speed and quickness, and they're not the same thing. And they're both way down, and and that, that's not coming back. You can't improve those things at his age with the injury history that he's had. I don't think he'd be worth it for a team. I like the guy, but well, not tough for the Raptors. Also, as the season kind of, as we talk about Derrick Rose and we talk about different guys, do you guys have anybody that you want as a buyout candidate? It looks like Vince is going to stay with the Kings, unfortunately. Um kind of other buyout candidates have making other choices. Is there anyone that you'd like to see the Raptors sign? Well, like you already just said, uh, a bunch of the big guys have already made their choices, right? So at this point, I think it, we should probably just aim to keep the team together. Like You can't really add anyone who's going to make us that much better. So why try and throw a wrench into the uh, chemistry, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Well, unless there's a serious injury that crops up with, with one of our key guys, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I see no purpose in. I mean, who's left? Channing Fry, God bless him, he's got an appendectomy. He's done. Tyreek Evans is still part of Memphis, and he's not going anywhere. They're talking about Jared Jack being bought out of New York. Do we really want Jared Jack? Good heavens. No. No. I no. I watch Knicks games, and I do not want Jared Jack on my team. What you said. So so yeah, there's just there's really nobody that we could take seriously here in terms of having a conversation. Either they're not being bought out or we don't want them if they are. Yeah, I agree. I think Masai made a spot when he traded Bruno just in case anyone was to become available. And then just no one that really was worth the Raptors' time did. So it makes sense that they just kind of stay put and you go into the all season with the team that you have now. Yep. All right, guys, anything else you want to touch on real quick while we're all on? Not on my part. But. Uh, I, I'd offer to thought about uh, how many wins we're going to end up with. Anybody want to take a, take a crack at that? 
Um, I'll say 59. Um, I'll, I'll probably, like, I'll aim high and go for a nice round 60. That's where I'm at, so that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm going to say 57. It's my number. What do you got, Brian? I have exactly the same. I'm saying 57, not because I think we're somehow going to go into a losing skid, but I think that if the team can put us enough distance between itself and, and the others to secure a guaranteed number one seed, that uh, you will see guys sitting down for many games in a row and no particular interest or concern about what those final X number of games are. So, you know, we might lose the four of our last six games or something, depending on how, how much ahead we are. So I, I'm fine with 57 wins. Terrific season. Yeah, with no one there to push them, I think that makes a real difference. Yep. All right, guys. Sounds like a good time to end it. Uh, thank you all for joining. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.